Well, let's get started. It's Friday, September 24th. A very happy National Punctuation Day, Kelly Collis. Oh, don't forget your commas. That's a holiday that I do not observe. <laughs> not your strong suit. No, I just write a paragraph and then I just sprinkle some punctuation here and there and hope it works. <laughs> you do like exclamation marks, though. You're right. Live Broadcasting around the Beltway and beyond, it's Tommy and Kelly made in D.C. on the Real Fun D.C. channel and on demand anytime, anywhere you get your podcasts. We got a lot to get to today, like um, some breaking sports news. We got a new park opening. We got a tank farm and zebras we got to talk about. But I think first, Kelly, we should discuss how you have another thing in common with college co-eds. Congratulations. (laughs) Yes, unfortunately, it's not a great thing. Um, uh, you you might have heard that there is a major outbreak of some sort of stomach something at Georgetown University campus, and uh, they don't know where it's coming from. Uh, Georgetown University is right down the street from me. I mean, it's less than a mile. And I, too, have had a round of stomach issues that are similar to what is being described that the Georgetown students have, which is what you're um, referring to, Tommy, right? Yes, you're basically a 22 year old. <laughs> no, it's really scary. So they they get some sort of salmonella outbreak. Um, there is BTW. The CDC did announce a couple of days ago that there is a nationwide salmonella outbreak. They don't know where it's coming from. It's not like one of those things that they think it's like this chicken or this lettuce. Um, they're trying to figure it out. So the DC Department of Health is looking into it at Georgetown. I called the DC Department of Health to let them know that I also had the issue um, to help them try to boil down what is going on. Did you call like, hello, yes, college students and young people like me are having these issues. So I figured <laughs> I would call and just let you know that I also, like college students, am experiencing this. No, I actually, I saw, I read the CDC and it says to to help them figure it out, report it to your state. This is like a PSA. If you're having mm-hmm. issues it uh, and you work through it and you're doing okay, to let them know so they can try to figure out what it what's going on. Because it's it's literally almost in every state in the country right now. It's just these random outbreaks. So what happens in that process then? Are they like, where have you been? What have you eaten? And you have to like go back through your stuff? Well, so I reported it yesterday when the story was kind of breaking. So I think Georgetown University students kind of got the priority. Yeah. Uh, and so she did respond via email, but I've not yet spoken to her. Um, but I am feeling much better. Thanks for asking. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sorry. Yes. Are you okay? <laughs> but I will tell you on Saturday, it was, I, I could not leave my home. Uh, it was, I needed to be close to a bathroom all day. And then oh. on Sunday I went out to do some stuff outside and I was basically like in a cold sweat. I was feeling better, but I was just like so dehydrated and so like out of whack. My body was so out of whack. Oh. Um, but I'm feeling much better today. I'm glad to hear that, Cal. Yeah. I don't know if I got a call from the health department, if they were like, what'd you have for breakfast on Wednesday? I'd be like, I don't know. But... Well, so I, it was, I'm was i pretty sure it was my dinner on Thursday and I and I had it at home. So I have all the packaging, the lot number, the dates. I saved everything, took photos. Um, it will be a long time till I have cheese and salami again. Just put it that way. <laughs> Fair enough. You're the health part department's dream because if they call me, I'd be like, I don't know. Maybe it was chicken. Could have been fish. <laughs> No, I, I took photos of everything. Wow. Look at you. Look at you. Daughter of a doctor right there. You trained yeah. for this moment. I know. And you know what? I've been dying to get cheese out of my diet just for like health reasons. So that pretty much did it. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes you just need a little push. <laughs> That's right. Hmm. 
Franklin Park opens up today. That's the giant park parcel downtown D.C., right by the Washington Post headquarters. Um, they've been working on it for over a year. And so um, the park in downtown is opening up. They've got um, it will include a restaurant. It will include its pavilion. Um, and they've got the fountain that's in the middle restored. They've got a kid's garden. They've upgraded this whole deal. And I actually I spent some time with one of the with with the woman who was one of the architects on the project. And I had so many questions and she was very polite <laughs> answering all my questions about the park. Cause like, how do you build a park? It's like, it's like, well, it was a park, yeah, right? Yeah, it was totally. just like renovated park. Right. But you're like, here's this like giant block in the middle of downtown. Go. That whole process to me is just like incredible to see it all come together. That's very cool. Yeah. So they got like ADA accessible, like sidewalks and all this stuff. And then um, Axios DC was reporting today that the downtown bid um, is working to keep people who are unhoused from camping there in, uh, in tents. And I didn't know this, that the downtown DC area actually provides five days a week, like shower facilities and things for people who are um, unsheltered and, and unhoused. I, w- I wasn't aware of that. That's very nice to see. Yeah. A little bit of drama because some of the, uh, the organizations that help people who are homeless set up shop there and so they can't do that anymore so they're setting up shop a few blocks away so there's obviously some friction going on there but i didn't realize that those services uh were provided and now they're provided starting october 1st six days a week which was part of the whole like part of the park situation and the downtown bid's gonna have employees at the park 24 hours a day to stop people from camping and make sure everyone's having a safe experience so it's interesting to see how like not just building a park there's all those other elements to this kind of thing happening and uh everyone's trying to navigate it together urban politics can be very complicated i've heard <laughs> uh well it'd be great to see that green space open back up as i'm gonna as go it. check it out today i'm gonna go like you know me i just love a good i love a good scene go yeah. check it out what's going on there <laughs> let me see this park well it's great to see though as dc's trying to reopen and and get some revitalization down there so i like to see that true that also um this weekend Artists in D.C. are going to get no sleep. Party time. Yeah, so the Art All Night celebration is happening. This is where um, artists from all eight wards of the district across 16 different neighborhoods are going to uh, be presenting their art all night long, whether it's artists who like literally paint art or it's singers and dancers and percussions and musicians and bands and photographers and visual artists and fire breathers and all kinds of things. <laughs> um, it's it's awesome. Cool. It's very cool. And you know, the weather in DC this weekend is supposed to be perfection. Totally. Totally. Um, it's the first time it's been back since 2019 outdoors. Um, mostly it's going to be an in-person event. And so the, the main streets in each of the neighborhoods and each of the wards are the ones putting it on. So they're the more like community centered organizations who, you know, help with like all kinds of services and they help to get the local like small businesses, um, moving. So I think it's super cool. If you're able to make it happen in DC, um, 16 neighborhoods across the district, Tonight, uh, Friday, starting at 7, going till 3 in the morning, and then Saturday at 7, going to 3 in the morning on Sunday. Very cool. Yeah, I'm pumped. I think um, I think Shaw Main Street is my closest Main Street, So, or maybe downtown. I'm gonna you don't have a Main Street in, in Noma? Uh, oh, Noma Main Street, right. <laughs> Isn't that your neighborhood? No, I'm technically not Noma, Kelly. I'm what a, actually... Oh, Mount, be, Mount Vernon? 
I guess I, I am technically know of Ma, but I'm not actually in no Ma. No, Ma. Okay, but I'm that's, not so Ma, that's for sure. That, that's your closest Main Street, though. I'm more no nigh of New York, I guess. <laughs> or you are a no nigh. <laughs> <laughs> or Wien J, which would be west of New Jersey. <laughs> no, I'm in Mount Vernon Triangle. And you're going to hear great things from us someday. We're on our way. <laughs> okay. Cobb Park is going to put us on the map. Don't you worry. Okay. But you are very close to Capital One Arena, and there's big news coming out of there this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Capitals, of course, are getting ready to start their season. They are now the first NHL team to sell some real estate on their jerseys. So this oh. has been something that happened last season when there was uh, all the teams were selling on their helmets. Oh, like yeah. Branded messaging. The Caps have sold something on their jersey, and mm. it is a multi-year deal with Caesars Entertainment Sportsbook, which is the organization that runs the sportsbook inside Capital One Arena, so it makes a lot of sense. There's going to be a small patch on their jersey. Uh, they're saying that the deal is about $5 million. This is only for the home games. From what I understand, the away game real estate on the jersey is also up for sale, but has not what? closed yet. <laughs> yes. Really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I always joke that if it's not bolted down, it's for sale, but it is true. <laughs> it is. Well, wow. of course, this is this comes on the heels of the NHL losing millions and millions of dollars because of the pandemic. And, and it was a way to kind of get these teams to be able to, you know, maintain the fan experience, maintain mm-hmm. great players and do all the things. Um, also of note, as the season gets started, that sports book is open. And I didn't realize that Nick Stefanelli who is known as a restaurateur here in D.C. of Officina, Masseria, Masseria, um, is uh, running the restaurant inside Capital One Arena. So Mm -hmm. you can go and have like awesome food, do some sports betting. There's like 1,800 square feet. There's TVs, 100 TVs, a Jumbotron in there. Like, Let's do this. That sounds I'm, awesome. I would love to learn more about sports betting. And if there's anyone within the sound of my voice who can help me out, I, I'm just, I'm so lost on the entire thing. Yeah, it, it's, I did it at Nats Park with the MGM runs it down there. And I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to bet. <laughs> I'm willing to bet if you go there, someone's going to teach you how to do it. Right. They had people. Oh, no, no. Oh. I mean, not at Nats Park. It wasn't really. Oh. No. <laughs> like once you're inside the park, you can download the app and log in and mm-hmm. connect it to your bank account and do all the things. I would recommend not walking into the sports book with a handful of money being like, can someone help me? That's not the way you should do it. No, no. <laughs> but I, I like, so uh, a, not a commercial, but it could be um, the Caesars has the best commercials. Let's I, be they're amazing because everyone in this region has been clubbed over the head with sports betting commercials. Oh my. And the, some work in Virginia and some work in Maryland. No, they don't work in Maryland. Some work in Virginia, some work in DC some work in Maryland and if you yeah. bet and like the, the fighter lands a punch on the other fighter's face, you get your credits back and no losers on the first bet. And if the ball dribbles and bounces with code, blah, you get a thing. Like it's, I, I don't know what's happening. There's just too much information about it all. It's, it's good stuff though. Yeah. So there you go. If anybody wants to explain it to me, if anybody can hit us up, we would love to hear how to do it. Kelly's more sports betting savvy than I am. I think I, well, I don't know. Did you win your bets or no? Um, I really don't want to go into details because you know I'm a diehard Nats fan, but I, I won one and <gasps> lost one. <laughs> so let's just say that. <laughs> it was money. <laughs> <laughs> You've got an attitude, comma, but business is business. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> oh, my God.
my God, Kelly. I mean, it is the end of the season and we're in the rebuild year. That's true. It's it's Mama, Mama's got to make some money. <laughs> That's right. I'm still paying off my World Series tickets. <laughs> my God. Hey, did you know that there is a tank farm in Prince William County? I don't know what that means. Right. All the, like, I know the word tank and I know the word farm. So yesterday I caught um, on NBC4, uh, my pal Mark Seagraves had a story about the tank farm. The tank farm in Prince William County. I'm just going to play a little bit of this for you, then we'll talk about it. Five miles outside of Washington, D.C. in Prince William County, there's a farm, but not your typical farm. Grazing on these 70 acres, more than 100 military vehicles dating back to World War I. Tanks, jeeps, ambulances, armored transport vehicles, all telling the stories of our country's wars. And the right? Who knew this was a thing? And so oh they're having a big gosh. open house this weekend. It, my son used to love that stuff when he was like six, seven years old. Like, you know, like kids yeah. love that stuff, right? To yeah. see it in real life. That's so cool. And so um, he reported in the story, too. It, it's in Knoxville, Virginia, in Prince William County. And they've got all of these like old school from all of the wars since World War One, And the team refurbishes them. So a lot of them are in working order. Not that they're going to like, you know. <laughs> launch a launch a munition into Manassas, but they're like, I hope not. Uh, you know, I, I hope Knoxville never declares war on Manassas because no one wants, no one wants that, yeah. um, especially with Knoxville having such an artillery now. But it's know, just, Manassas is pretty scrappy. That's true. That's very true. It's it's like remarkable though. They they've got all these pieces, and so um, they've got this open house. It's it's like completely donation driven. It's on this huge plot of land. They do demos where they drive them around and stuff. And what's neat, too, um, about this tank farm, they've got a trailer set up there. So when these veterans come, they record their stories. Oh, and on neat. their website, they've got like dozens and dozens and dozens of stories from these men and women who served our country who would have probably never had their story captured or told if they hadn't gone to this place, saw the trailer and gone in and like and talked to someone from the tank farm. That's very cool. Yeah, I was like, way to go, Mark Seagraves. Hell of a story. <laughs> it's kind of off the beat for him, I think, a little bit, but the good for him. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Every once in a while, man, that guy, he like he, he, he normally is like covering all the things about DC and yeah. like on the mayor's office beat and the city beat and everything. But then, you know, sometimes great guitar story or sometimes tank farm in Prince William County. It happens. Got to keep him guessing. I love it. Uh, well, speaking of farms, uh, we've had our own like fun watching the zebras run around in Prince George's County. Have they caught those damn things yet? No, they haven't. Oh my gosh. So leave it to the Washingtonian, uh, Jane Recker. She did a whole deep dive on if you live in DC proper, could you own a zebra? You know, there's a whole animal code. I want to know now. Yeah, I didn't. Yes. I didn't. I don't know. Okay, so she goes through all the animals. Dogs, of course, you can own them. We know. We know that. Thanks, um, Jane. Uh, chickens, duck, geese, etc. You can um, own a chicken coop. This is actually a big deal because I know some people have chickens in D.C., but you have to get special permission from the Department of Human Services, and the coop has to be sort of away from other property lines, etc. You can have a chicken coop in the district. Huh. Yes. Pigeons. I'm, I'm going to save the best for last. You can pigeons, have pigeons? You pigeons? No. Oh. You have to get a license and you need 51% of the households in a hundred foot square radius to agree on your pro pigeon farm. That, oh, a pigeon farm. Well, like, uh, yeah, well, I mean, to own pigeons on your land, right? Right, right. Um, bees. Mm, 
Can't do that either. Okay, good. Uh, um, wild animals. So here's where we get into um, the zebras. You can own a wild animal, but Mayor Bowser has to approve it. Personally? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. She did. Jane at the Washingtonian did the research. Not me. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> and theoretically, like any mayor would have to approve it, not just her. The, the current mayor. Yes. Yeah. Is, is what the code says. Now, how do you even get a hold of the mayor for that? <laughs> Listen, I realize we're tracking cases and like, you know, people trying to get like economic development downtown and also like equity and also homelessness. But can I get a llama? <laughs> um, now, herd animals. <laughs> would that would a llama be considered a herd animal or would it I, be considered a wild I, animal? I don't know. I don't know. She she did say that wild animals would include zebras. So herd okay. animals would be like cow, pigs, sheep, goats. So if you're going to have one of those, you can only do it between the hours of 10 and 6 a.m. So that wouldn't kind of really work. Now, you can have a cow Wait, on how a... How you have an overnight herd? It's basically... she's just. I'm just reading what she's written, okay? It's like a parking zone. You can only have a herd between Let 10 and 6 a.m. Let me finish. Sorry. So you could have a cow on a rope or <laughs> if, um, if that would be okay in D.C. Okay. Goats and sheep can temporarily be imported to the district for the purpose of eating grass, milking, shearing demonstrations, petting zoos, and, of course, yoga. Also winning the Stanley <laughs> Cup because Ovi's the goat. What? <laughs> I don't think they asked for a goat. And Was there a goat in the, in the parade? No, but Ovi's the goat. He was know, imported but... from Russia for the purpose of winning the Stanley Cup. I know, but he's not a herd animal. Because he's the goat. That's right. He's a leader. <laughs> he's an alpha goat. Wait, so... Huh. Uh, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So um, those zebras, I, I mean, they better enjoy their time in Prince George's County. I don't know what the animal code is there, but um, it's probably different than DC's. Yeah. If, if they come poking in to DC, Mayor Bowser's going to be like, you're not allowed here. Get out. <laughs> well, unless she, you get permission from her. Maybe she, she might say like, come on in. If the goats are like, if, if the zebras are like, Hey, I really didn't enjoy Maryland. She'd be like, cool. Come on in. Happy to have you. <laughs> Where would you put a zebra in DC? How do you get in front of her to ask her? There's not like a farm animal I, hearing. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> I've asked Mayor Bowser some weird shit over the stuff over the years. <laughs> Sorry, I've asked Mayor Bowser some weird stuff over the years. I don't think <laughs> I don't think it would be surprising coming from me. Okay, she's like, "Oh, you're the daylight savings guy. Great. Yeah, you could have a zebra. Sure, put it in your condo. Enjoy." <laughs> right. Hey, I don't like your dogs like that. No, <laughs> we have to change our, our, our spare bedroom is already a studio. So I, I couldn't imagine having to turn it into a zebra pen. <laughs> Ew. But there was, um, so I listened to this, um, the podcast on NPR, how I built this talk to this woman who has this company that you can like rent goats to clear your yard or your field. Yeah. And she's like a total hipster and she like lives with the goats in like a, changed over van that she lives in so that's you can do that in dc you can get a permit if they're eating grass that's what i was like excited about right yeah. like i'm excited like i because I, I heard that thing and she's like we're trying to find other cities and i was like there's no way that i could ever do that here and I was, now i know i can maybe do the goat thing um yeah you know what cobb park maybe that's an, a, a nice way to like clear the uh yards there you just get a bunch of goats to eat the grass yep <laughs> Now we're talking.
And then you can do a little yoga class afterwards and do a little goat yoga. Mm-hmm. And we got plenty of space. We can have a goat rodeo. <laughs> I don't know if that's allowed in the whole permit thing. I didn't see anything about a rodeo. <laughs> well, if a rodeo just happens to break out, okay. I feel like that'd be fine. Thank you, Kelly, for looking into the um, the wildlife uh, situation going on in the district. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you to Jane from the Washingtonian for doing the homework. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I think we've had a great day. Talked about Caesar. We talked about tank farms. Talked about goat rodeos. Plenty of other things to cover in our past shows. Going back, there's hundreds of them. If you haven't listened to them all already, I'm sure you probably have. By the way, uh, follow, subscribe, give us five stars, even if you believe we don't deserve it. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Well, after today, today was five stars. <laughs> <laughs>